We're back on Genesis, and um, Genesis is a very good book. It is a foundation of our Judeo-Christian beliefs. And if you believe you are a Christian, the foundation is Genesis. And if you are a Jew, the foundation is Genesis as well. And uh, it is good to study the foundation because it's hard to believe that you believe something without knowing the foundation. So if you would recall, Jacob left his father's house to preserve his life because the mother deceived with the help of the son. And uh, with that short time of deceiving his father, he reaped 14 years of consequence. It is true, what we sow, we shall reap. And uh, his mother said, leave, go to my father's house. In fact, Abraham's relatives, my father's house, and find yourself a wife. And, uh, and it was important to them that Jacob would marry somebody in his father's wife who believed in Yahweh, God, the one true God. Although worship then wasn't as clear until Moses came and gave restrictions, especially on idolatry, but they worship one God, one true God, which was Yahweh. And all the other people in, in the land, in Canaan, worship many gods. So it was essential, it was very important that he, Jacob, would marry somebody from their father's house and relatives. And he was sent away so, so that he could escape the wrath of his brother Esau, but at the same time, truly find a wife. When he left his father's place, he had nothing. He had a rich dad, but he left poor. Nothing. In fact, he had to use a, 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 a rock to be his pillow at one place. And when he, he arrived there in Laban's place, he saw Rachel, and he found Rachel to be beautiful. And, uh, and he met his, his, his uncle, and he said, I, I want to marry your daughter, Rachel. And uh, I have, because he had no gifts, unlike Isaac, when Abraham sent his servant to find a wife for Isaac, there were 10 camels, 10 camels loaded with gifts. But now he had nothing to give, so he said, I will work. And he worked for seven years. And here in the Philippines, in our history, that was customary as well. If, if you would want to marry our daughter, work for us first. So you remember those, those movies where they, had, they were chopping wood? before they get, got married. So there was a part where they have to serve. So he served Laban for seven years for Rachel, but he was deceived. Instead of receiving Rachel, he received Leah in the night and he was just surprised in the morning. Why have you deceived me? And uh, perhaps he reflected that that short time deceiving his father, there was a consequence to it which was much larger. So he saw that it was racial, and Laban said, it's not our custom. But he was not forthright or honest about the custom at first. Work another seven years, and both of them are considered paid. He only wanted one wife. He got two out of deception because he was deceived. And I am reminded with a verse in Scripture that says, what you sow, you shall reap. What you sow, you shall reap. We sow one seed, but we harvest many fruits out of that one seed. Out of one seedling can come many fruits. So if you sow good things, you will reap good things. If you sow bad things, you will reap bad things. Therefore, we must reflect in everything we do. If we sow deception, so we will reap the consequences of deception. 
he deceived his father for a while, he ended up having a father-in-law who was 10 times worse than he was, Laban. And he, for a moment, deceived his father, just for a moment. And the consequence was 14 long years. Can you imagine that? Working, your boss is your father-in-law, and he wasn't pretty nice. He's nice on the outside. He seems to be polite, but actually he maneuvers. He, he deceives. In fact, you, you, if you will read further, Laban changed the agreement so many times. And you know, even in business, we don't like dealing with partners like that, who would change the deal along the way. A deal is a deal. We can only change a deal if both of us agree to change the deal. What we signed in the contract is what we must follow. Or what we agreed on a handshake. Even a handshake is something that we must both follow and abide with. And I believe in that. Including the time of delivery if I'm a supplier. And if I'm the one being supplied, the time of payment as well. I believe in doing my best to keep the deal. Laban wasn't like that. But all along, God was at work. Remember, when Jacob left his father's house, God revealed to him in his sleep his plan. That indeed he has a plan, he has a purpose, he has a design for Abraham, for Isaac, and now the promise is on Jacob. That he will be a father of many nations. That indeed he will have a line that would be blessed by God. So Jacob knew that God has a plan for his life. I do believe, though it is not written, that he hold, held on to that promise in those 14 long years. And even if he forgot, perhaps he would be reminded of that dream. In fact, he created a remembrance. He put up uh, an altar there to remember that once he put up an altar so that an altar then wasn't made out of a statue, by the way. It's just a bunch of stones, like a monument, a bunch of stones to remind himself that God spoke to him one, one day in a dream. But after serving Laban for 14 years, and after having sons, being blessed by many sons, Jacob said to Laban, allow me to leave and give me my separation pay. For all these years, I have not asked any wages. I have made your flock grow. And you are richer right now than before, yet these are not mine. This belongs to you. Now that I have my children and have served you and have enriched you, right now give me what is due mine. And Laman said, I cannot deny that through your work you have truly enriched me. Therefore, name your wages. So Jacob said, I will not name my wage. In fact, do this for me instead. Agree with me that I will take care of your flocks one more time. And... Uh, those spotted flocks or black ones will be mine, and those that are white will belong to you. Black and spotted mine. And perhaps when Laban looked and he saw that the strong ones were the, uh, the white ones and the feeble ones were, uh, were those who were spotted in black, and he agreed. Perhaps he thought, this guy doesn't know how to do business. He asked me for the wrong thing. Perhaps Laban thought that way. However... Jacob was to apply what he learned through the 14 years of working the flock. Wow, that's the story from Abraham, the gist of it. 
Now let's divide it into a few sections. Number one is God. God is good. You see, Jacob went through seasons of difficulties, but God was faithful to his promise. He promised Abraham that they would be a nation. Therefore, God prospered Abraham. God also prospered Isaac, although in a different way. And God was about to prosper Jacob. He prospered Jacob in this text as we are, that we are studying. God blessed them abundantly because God is a God of purpose. Can you say it with me? God is a God of purpose. Say it with me. God is a God of plan. Say it with me. God is a God of design. So God has a purpose, plan, and design. Once we post this question, why does God, why did God bless Abraham abundantly in the same way Isaac and the same way Jacob? Because he has a purpose to fulfill. Now, why will God prosper you? But if I ask you, do you want God to prosper you? Do you want him to prosper you? I want him. If you don't want, it's up to you. According to your faith, be it done. If your prayer is, Lord, even just a simple, just a little, I'm already happy. According to your faith, be it done. So be careful what you say to God. Do not speak with false modesty. And, you, and say, Lord, kahit konti lang, then in the end, why, Lord? But ganito lang. You got what you asked for. My prayer is, may your purpose be fulfilled in my life and prosper me accordingly that I may fulfill your plan and purpose for me. Your purpose is there. The kingdom of God is there, and his purpose is to spread the gospel throughout the world, make disciples, build the church, the kingdom of God, that lives may be changed through the word. That much is clear. But each one of us has very specific purposes still, because our callings are different. I do believe in a God who calls. It's not just some God who, are, who is distant and detached from us. God calls people. He chooses people for a mission and for a purpose. We must gladly receive that purpose and mission from the Lord. And say, Lord, I want to know my purpose. I want to know my mission. And that should be something that drives you. Even to a point that, that you see it as, in fact, next to your salvation, that is the most important thing. Because God's purpose is to save us so that we may, through repentance and faith, receive Jesus Christ in our hearts. But after that, what? We just walk on earth saved. And hopefully one day we die and go to heaven. That is too shallow. As long as we are alive here, there is a greater purpose. And as long as we are looking for and fighting for a greater purpose, life has meaning. Because if you're not fighting for that, you are not seeking for that, Life seems boring, draggy, with no meaning. Life is a cycle. Cycle that stresses you out, that tires you out. Because you don't see a purpose. 14 years without purpose. Suffering under the deceptive leadership of Laban. Huh. How difficult that is. Some people would give up without a purpose. Some people would give up in their employment without a purpose. Oh, my boss, he's not so kind to me. 
Too many complaints, but one has a purpose. One would say, oh boy, I have a very strict boss, but I'm doing my best. He does not question me of my work. I'm doing my work very well, and I have the opportunity to share the gospel in that community of, of employees, and by God's grace, I will win some of them. By God's grace. God is faithful. One aspect of life is always, oh no, the main aspect of life is God. So the story here is not just about Jacob and what we can learn from Jacob. But it is God who fulfills his plans and promises. Jacob may have been at the middle of that 14 year struggle. Struggle, coming from a rich family, now being a servant to his uncle. That must have been a great, great struggle. So he struggled a lot, coming from a place of privilege, now in a place where he was the servant. And he worked for his father-in-law. You know, that's not very wise, working for your father-in-law. Unless God designed it so, and some father-in-laws are pretty kind and very honest. But not all father-in-laws are like that. So first we saw God. Now let's, let's focus on Jacob. What can we learn from Jacob? Let's look at the human beings now in this, in this text. Jacob. Jacob, 14 years. So first is, let us be reminded that what we sow, we reap. Okay, let us be careful not to do the mistake of Jacob. We have to sow good things. If you sow deception, you will reap deception. Pag nagtanim ka ng kagandahang loob, darating ang panahon, kagandahang loob din ang aanihin mo. Let us remember, one seed produces many fruits. So whether evil or good you plant, one day it comes back to you a hundredfold. That's why if you are respectful of many people, you will harvest respect as well. Because you always showed respect. You were always sensitive about others, then many others will be sensitive to you as well. Not everybody though, but many others will. Because that's how life works. Somehow we repay what we received. It is just like the food that, that, that your neighbor brought to you, right? Because there's extra food from the party. They knocked on your door, door and gave you extra food. And you're so happy. And once you also have extra food because there's a, there was a pot bless or commonly known as potluck in your home. And then there's extra food. Then you also give your neighbors as well. Somehow that cycle never ends, the giving to one another. So in fact, there's a harvest there, a lot of harvest. That's why I believe in sowing good to others. So good. But if you do not sow what is good, you sow what is bad, you sow what is deceptive, and you sow what is malicious, take note. God takes note of that. And there is a divine law that is in place. It's already in place. What you sow, you shall reap. Pastor, I don't have any friends. So I say, are you friendly? Because if you are not friendly, then you may have, that's why you don't have many friends. When you talk to people, are you genuinely interested in their life? Or are you just interested in telling about your own life? about your own story. Because if it's all about you, then you're not a good friend. Then you're not being friendly. Being friendly is also being interested in the lives of others. It's not just you voicing out what you went through, the good things and the bad times. You want to see your friends because you just want to vent or to share. That's not being a good friend. Being a good friend is you share part of yourself and you get to know themselves, them as well. And that's how friendship works. You want to have friends, genuine ones, be friendly in the right way. 
Love is patient, love is kind, correct? So being friendly also means being patient with one another. In fact, if you cannot be patient with a friend, then it's hard to make them your friends. You sow good things, you reap good things as well. Do you want people to say hello to you? Isn't that lovely, smiles? I love smiles. You know, when I meet people and they smile, I just love it. And I like smiling at them too. Hi. Uh, can you imagine a life where you meet people, whenever they see you, they don't smile at all? <laughs> hey, smile at people. Some of them will learn to smile back as well. You smile too many, they smile at you back. That's why when our, our, our uh, uh, service leader says, let us shake one another's hand, let's greet one another, it's actually sowing seeds of friendship. But some of you don't like to, you're just... He already said, shake hands, hindi ko that's the point of shaking hands, so that you can get to know one another. Your shyness and your timidity and your... Why? Why? Are you so shy that you don't want to be known? Or you're so elevated that you look down on everyone? What is it? Which is it? Hey, smile at me, okay? Smile at your neighbor. Say hello. So that when you walk in SM, you know, I love it. That's why I shake hands with people when you go out. Because somewhere out there, somebody smiles at me. Pastor, okay, what's your name again? Uh, sometimes in the 10 o'clock service, there's a lot here. All, we're full house here. And then I can't just remember this guy's name. Or I never asked the name yet. But somehow, just smiling, I would be sitting, having coffee. Somebody sits with me. We have a chat. I ask him about his life. I have a new friend. You see, if you have many friends and if you're so good to many people, when you're in trouble, people want to help you. Did you hear me? People want to help you. Then some would come, Pastor, I need help. Uh, okay. Uh, how many people do you know? We had this belief, and I still carry this belief. In the first church I planted, we have what we call cell groups. Now we call it here growth groups or discipleship groups. And in one church, we had 50 of them. Why? When there, when there is a problem among the members, a problem whether somebody was hospitalized, somebody had an accident, somebody had an emotional breakdown, the first to the rescue is the small group, not the pastor. Because there are hundreds with problems, if the pastor centered on the pastor, the pastor will not live for a very long time, okay? Have you seen other pastors? They look haggard, right? Pastor, how are you? Hi, Pastor Ed. Why? Members. <laughs> you never see me like that. You ask me, how's the members? Members. I'm happy with my flock because I do believe a lot of them take care of one another. It's first there, your small group. That's why we invited you. Invite you always join a small group. Or oh, tomorrow, we've got Monday tomorrow, men of faith. All men are invited to be here. And uh, uh, the goal is get to be connected with each other and to discuss the word of God. 6.30, we invite you here at 6.30. And of course, the women in touch, they meet and discuss the Bible as well. 
uh, get connected there, learn about scripture. You go there to learn, but you also go there to bless others. Take note, when you bless others with encouragement, appreciation, what happens? You're sowing good things. How do you sow when you don't meet anyone? How do you sow good things when you don't connect with each other? So we invite you this week uh, for the gentlemen, please be here and we'll have your small groups are invited. It will be uh, like an assembly of, of small groups tomorrow. So Jacob, one thing we learned about Jacob was what he sowed, he reaped, right? So what you sow, you reap. If you sow spiritual things, you will reap spiritual things as well. I cannot overemphasize the importance of sowing the right things. But ignore God and sow nothing. Wow. Some people just come to God when they're desperate. They're not passionate about God on the regular days. That's a mistake. You see, we are passionate about God in good times and in bad times. Some are only passionate about God, looking for God. God, where are you? In bad times only. And that's not the right way about our relationship with God. It's all the time. And for some of us, when we have extra time, we give to God. Only the extra time. What you sow, you reap. There was this uh, very nice anecdote. And uh, on Judgment Day, God was uh, judging this person. And... Uh, and uh, God was saying, this is an anecdote, okay? God was saying, um, so, how have you lived your life on earth? How have you lived it for your king? Oh, did you meet me every day? Then the man said, that was my desire, O Lord, to pray and meet you every day. But I did not have the time. Did you worship me on Sundays? I wish I had more time, Lord, but half the time I was away. But I wished I worshipped more of you on Sundays. Oh, did you read my word, the message I brought to you? Again, Lord, family and responsibility piled up so much. I wish I had read more, meditated more. So I could have applied more of your word, but I did not find the time. Oh, did you bless others in my name? Have you extended the love I have given to this world to others? Oh, my Lord, again, too many problems at home. Relationship with wife and children wasn't so well. I wanted to, Lord, to share your blessing to others, your word, but I did not find the time. Then God said, you know what? I was about to write your name in the book of life, but I did not find the time. What you sow, you reap. Jacob, now, let's learn something positive about Jacob. Is that okay? <laughs> Can't be all negative. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So, Jacob. One thing we know about Jacob, he worked well. He worked so well. I want to change the phrase in your mind. I want to remove work hard to work well. Because working hard isn't always the key. Some people work so hard, but they work hard in the wrong way. That's not working 
well. So then, Pastor, I've been working all my life cleaning the streets, but I never got a promotion. I said, you worked hard, but you did not work well. God wants us to work with wisdom. Jacob worked well. He worked the flock. The flock grew. And uh, God blessed the work of his hands so that his employer could not question his work ethic. Take note, could not question his work ethic. So I, I encourage you, believers, whoever your employer is, whether you, you are a businessman and, and you have a client, work well. Give what is due. Give the quality which is due. Do not deceive. Do not say, I give you this, but instead of giving what they pay for you, subtract a little bit so you earn a little more. One of these days, they will find out, and they will not recommend you anymore. So what will happen? Your business or your career will slowly falter. And in the end, you reap what you sow, which is bad quality. It results in what? Bad clients. No clients. In the same way, if you are an employee, you did not work that well. You worked half the time or you worked half-heartedly. So what was the result of your half-hearted work? Then somebody gets promoted and it is not you. And you complain, I've been here longer, but why did you not notice me? Was, why was I not promoted? The answer was simple. This person gave the extra mile. You did not. You did not work well. One time a boss asked somebody, hey, can you buy fruits? We're going to have a party uh, tomorrow. Buy it, buy it tonight. So he brought some fruits and for the party. And uh, the boss just said, put it there. And he asked another employee, can you buy fruits? And then this employee asked, What's, what is it for? Oh, we're, we're doing a drink. We want to put these fruits, you know. I don't know what my wife calls it, sangria. Put some fruits there and float it in some, some wine and, some, and then we're going to use it as a drink. By knowing that, he bought the exact fruits used for, for sangria. And the boss suddenly commended in the large crowd, commended this person who... who who did well in the party. And of course, that person got promoted faster. And the other one complained. I, I, I did as you told me. And the boss said, yes, you did. But you just brought fruits. You never asked what it's for. You hurriedly went out. You thought you were obeying, but you were not working well. You were just working. You see, some people just work. They don't work very well. Can you say work well? Can you say to your neighbor, work well? Oh, I can't hear you. Can you wake me up? It's nighttime already. I'm preaching the whole day. I've been preaching the whole day. Can you wake me up a little bit and say to your neighbor, hey, work well. I don't like work that is not very well. I want work that is specific, accurate, and clear. That's why if you're a businessman, you know this. You have to ask every detail from your client, lest the client complain with one small detail. 
these things happen. Hmm? Jacob worked so well that God prospered his work. Then he also learned well. He learned very well. He found out something about flocks that perhaps Laban never figured out. Yeah. In fact, when he said to Laban, don't pay me any wages because he knows this guy is a deceiver. He might change the deal. So let's create a deal that is extra clear. No gray area. Extra clear. Okay. Let me take care of your flocks again. Spotted ones will be mine. And the, and the black ones and spotted ones are mine. And the others would be yours. And perhaps Laban, when he looked at the flocks, he saw the stronger ones were, were, were the solid ones, solid colored ones. And the, the spotted ones and the black ones are the feeble ones. Uh, perhaps Laban said, ha, I got the better end of the deal. Sure, let's do that. Now, Jacob will get to work. He will now outcon the con artist. You know what the con artist is? They're the scammers. Con means confidence man. A con artist builds your confidence, gets your money, and then they disappear. And there were scammers here. I, I heard in Naga City, two billion worth were scanned by con artists. The con. Now, Jacob will con the con artist. Well, before that, let me tell you a story about two old men in a cafe. So... One old man said to another, Hey, I have a strategy so that we don't pay for our meal. When the waitress comes and asks and gives us the bill, you offer to pay. And I'll argue with you. And I'll say, No, I'll pay. Then you say to me, No, I'll pay. And then I'll say, I'll pay. Then we, we create a scene so loud. We create a conflict so loud that the management will say, I just give it free and let them just go, go. You have it for free. So we get our meal for free. The other man liked it. I like the idea. Let's do it. So waitress comes, gives a bill, bill and, the, and the old man who liked the idea said, offered to pay. Okay, I'll pay for it. And the other one said, great, thank you very much. <laughs> 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 if somebody suggests to you something fishy to con others, never ride with them. <laughs> they might con you in return. What you sow, you reap. Laban agreed. So because Jacob learned well, what did he do? He found out that what? Whenever the flocks mate, and they see a spotted thing, they will produce offsprings that are spotted. It's very similar to the Philippine, Filipino concept of paglilihi. And paglilihi for Filipinos is not just eating, it's visual. I remember when I was a kid, I was being told by some elder people, they were talking, and I couldn't get it. I said, you know, when somebody's pregnant, they have to look at nice things. They should be happy. I understand that now because when you're happy, uh, good chemicals go around your body and it's good for the child. And if you're emotionally happy when you're pregnant, the, the, the baby feels that happiness too. And, and it goes to them as well. That's why when my wife was, whenever my wife was, was pregnant, I had to make her happy. 
it's a good thing. What made her happy is watching some films again and again. Like uh, she loved watching The Sound of Music from morning until night. I'm not kidding you. And every day, The Sound of Music. That's why it's so familiar for me. Do a dear. And then the songs, the hills are alive. And then uh, every day, and I always smiled. Nice movie, darling. Like, how many times have we watched this? <laughs> are we watching it again? And she would just replay it again. It's okay, because I want her happy. And there's another thing I learned. They said that when a woman is pregnant, she should have magazines. If it's a boy, looking at handsome faces. And if it's a girl, beautiful faces, beautiful bodies, you know, elegant and, and pretty and beautiful. Okay, at first, what? Uh, no, he said it's for the baby. Naglilihi. You know, I, I can't find an English word because I've been looking for an English translation of naglilihi sa paningin. I can't find anything. So it's, it's very Filipino, but it's also... It's also kind of Jewish because Jacob did it, right? So, <laughs> I don't know if you believe it's also for humans. So, women, when you are pregnant and you honestly believe your husband is not that handsome, have many magazines, okay? <laughs> God is good. You see, God sent me a very pretty young lady, my wife. But I said, Lord, we seem to be lacking height in this area, Lord. So I prayed with all my heart every day. Lord, I don't mind if they all look like her as long as the height is mine. And God answered my prayers. I have children near my height, one over my height, one a little lower than my height. And my daughter is taller than my wife, praise God. But they all look like her. They don't look like me, and I don't mind. I'm happy with that, you know. You've, she's got nice, my wife has nice eyes and everything, so I don't mind. Amen, hallelujah, praise God. Let's give a clap offering to the Lord. <laughs> Izzy, Jacob found out, so what did he do? He got some of these trees, poplar and almond, and he, he stripped them of the bark. And inside were, were what? Uh, spotted. And he found out that whenever the flocks mate, if they see the spotted, they would have spotted children, offspring. So whenever they would mate, when they drink water, he would put in front of them those spotted trees, I mean branches. And they would see that and it would be spotted. And then the, the, the flock, the spotted flock will be there. And he would put the drink here. Whenever they mate, they would see the spotted flock. And then because that was the visual thing, that was the, 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 some, the only visual thing in front of them when they mated, then they would have offsprings that are spotted or black. So whenever the strong ones would mate, he would put these, these uh, branches in front of them. So therefore, the strong ones be became Jacob's. And the weak ones, he didn't mind. Therefore, they became Laban's. He found out about this. So when the, deal when the deal was consummated, all the strong ones were Jacob's and all the feeble ones belonged to Laban. That's how God enriched Jacob. He worked well. He learned well. He learned something. A lot of people work so hard, they never learn anything. They work so hard in a company, they never learned how the company worked. 
They worked so hard at something, but they never learned how to innovate. They just worked. They never tr even tried to learn from, uh, from, from the officers or invited one of them to be his mentor, even. Nothing. But those who learned are those who get promoted well or have a better career. I knew, know at least two executive assistants. One of them goes to this church. Another one was my classmate in the Asian Institute of Management, and he's, he's a Chinese national. Two of them, both of them were executive assistants, like a secretary of the boss, because they learned so well how the boss thinks, how they decide, how they ran the business. One became an executive director, and the other one became a country manager of one of the biggest shipping companies in the world. But these were only executive assistants, not even marketing managers, not even human resource managers, not even finance managers, executive assistants. And they were in that place, in the first place, because they could learn. Some of them volunteered. Some of these EAs who became executive directors or presidents, what they wanted was to first to learn. And I tell people, young people, after they finish college and they look for work, don't look for the big money immediately. Look for the place where you can learn a lot. Don't gun after how much is the salary. First observe, can you learn much here? Because if you learn much, perhaps your next job, because of your knowledge and experience, you will have better pay. But the first step is always to learn. Jacob learned well, and he used that. However, Jacob was still unethical. You see, Jacob is a legal guy. He does everything legally but unethical. Yes, when, when he got the birthright from, from Esau, it was a fair deal. It was legal. Esau said, I'm hungry. Can you have some of the stew? Sure. Trade your birthright for it. Esau did not value his birthright. said, okay. He got it legally. But was it ethical? Of course not. He got the blessing from, from Isaac through deception. I got it. It's mine. It was given to me. Yes, it was given to him. But was it ethical? No, it wasn't ethical. Now again, he's doing something legal. It was an agreement. He got the, the flock, the stronger part of the flock, out of a legal agreement. Handshake, honor. Except it's not fully honorable. Why? What he could have done was what? Had healthy flocks for himself and also a healthy flock for Laban. He had the power to do that, to bless both. My boss, no matter how such a deceiver he is, I'm still going to bless him in the name of my Lord, and I'm going to bless myself because God gave me the wisdom how to do it. You know, because he did what was unethical, even though it was legal, there would be another complication, which we will study next week, another complication that put his family at risk. That they had to flee Laban quietly, secretly, for fear that the house of Laban might not let them go or might do them harm. So why not? Why not a win-win? He did not do that. Ayaw niya magpalamang. Basta malakikita ko, saya, wala. Not good thinking. That's why Filipinos not so prosperous. We have that crab mentality. I want to be the richest and I want everybody to be poor. One time I was riding a car. Our, our, 
our company, our small company then in Manila took a ride in one of the employees' car. And there was this funny sticker there, Lord, make me skinny. If you won't make me skinny, make all my friends fat. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> and that was meant to be a joke, of course. But that's the kind of attitude that some have. They want to be the first and the best and everybody else down there. That's not supposed to be the way we as believers would want everyone to prosper. We want everyone to be blessed. I don't care if you have a bigger car than me. It doesn't matter. You have a car. I have a car. What does a car do? Brings you from point A to point B, correct? Still, why be envious of one another? We just say we want everybody to be blessed by God. I, I, why do you want to be blessed? Remember, because God is a God of purpose. Because you want the purpose of God to be fulfilled in your life. Then let's look at the third character, which is Laban. Somebody that we should not emulate. Laban who changes the deal. Who would take advantage of others. What we want to happen is that, what? I give you an opportunity to grow my flocks, but I will shall reward you honestly in the end as well. Or from the start, Laban could have said, you see, you may want Rachel, but Leah must get married first. So there are two things you can do. Marry both of them, Leah first, then Rachel. Or help me find Leah a husband. Laban could have done that, right, from the start. He could have started with a fair deal. What is a fair deal? All the hidden interests are exposed. Everybody has interests. In a business transaction, he has an interest, I have an interest. My deal is always reveal all interests. And when, if you find out that there is a harmony of interest, then we can have a deal. But everything must be out. Everybody has interests. What we need is everything to be out. Honest. Nothing on the back door. Nothing of that. So if everything is open, then it would have been an honest transaction. You're God's people. If you believe to be a man of God or a woman of God, we will trust God for His plan for our lives. Have faith and be patient. Can you say be patient? Say this. Do this to yourself. Be patient. Okay. Whenever you see the mirror, you say, trust God and be patient. You see, Jacob reaped the consequence 14 years, but there was an ending. If you did something wrong, got in debt, or a lot of problems that affected your, your life, and we are, we are reaping the consequence, trust God because there's an ending to that consequence. There will be an ending. If you're in debt, pay for it religiously. Because one day there will be an ending and there will be freedom. And at the end of 14 years, God showed Jacob how he could prosper. And indeed, he was prospered. Abraham was prospered in a different way. <clears throat> Sarah was instrumental to the prosperity of Abraham. Do you remember? It was like, a wow, what an arrangement. It was surprising. God can do that. It was almost like a miracle that he didn't work that hard yet. He was blessed with riches. Through Sarah, of course, Isaac, there was a famine in the land, had to go to another land. He planted there. He prospered there. He tried to go to dig up several wells. He got bullied, and he got bullied. In another well, he dug up for water. He got bullied again until 
He did not fight. He was a man of peace. He ended up back to the promised land, still prosperous, and God has prospered him. Jacob was not necessarily bullied. He was deceived. But yet God prospered him. If you have suffered offense, some people have deceived you, betrayed you, or you have consequence of what you've done before, trust God. There's an ending to that. But you have to be patient. We have to be patient and persistent and have faith. And please, don't force it. Sometimes the best thing we do is to wait on the Lord and do our work well and learn well where we are. Don't force it. If, it's God, if God says it's time to move, it was time to move for Jacob, so he started moving. Even in a dream, God spoke to him, it was time to move. But for 14 years, there was no message from God to move. He stayed, he worked, and he learned. Wherever you are, work well, learn well because God can use that to prosper you one day for what purpose for the kingdom of God for his calling in your life and our calling as a collective as a community let us pray father in heaven thank you we believe that you want to bless us because you have a purpose for our lives we know you want to provide for us because that is who you are you provide for your children but we know you want to give more because of the purpose that you have, because of the call you have put in our lives. Many are, Lord, you are the person who chooses, and we submit to you. Choose us, Lord, for your purpose. Teach us to work well wherever we are and to learn well. Teach us to trust in your plan always. And we know at the right time, maybe not immediately, maybe in a year Three years, five years, 10 years, 14 years. Abraham waited 25 years. At the right time, you will unfold that breakthrough that you want for us to have. But Lord, in the meantime, teach us to be patient. Teach us to be faithful. Let us all rise. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit May blessing, favor, protection, and abundance follow you all the days of your life. And God's people say, Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon.